For those of you following along at home, you know that I have been in the middle of a series on joy taken from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. And I want to continue that along today. And I want to remind you that if you haven't uh, if you haven't listened to last week's message about the connection between thoughts, emotions, and actions, you need to do that. It's absolutely critical. Now, one of the jobs that I had before I became a pastor is that I was a member of a cleaning crew. And six months into the job, my crew supervisor, Dave, stopped coming into work. At first, he called in sick on Mondays, and then he called on called in sick on Mondays and Tuesdays. And then the only day of the week that Dave came in was Wednesdays, and I was getting pretty fed up with it. Now, Dave's boss pulled me aside several times and, and asked me to put up with it. He said, look, Dave has been with me a really long time. Max, I need you to lean into this. I need you to pick up the slack. I know this is hard, but I just don't want to, I don't want to do anything with Dave. I don't want to ruin this relationship. I was mad. I was mad at Dave for calling in sick all the time when really the issue was he was too drunk to come to work. And then I was mad at Dave's boss who wouldn't do anything about it. Here I was trying to do all of Dave's responsibilities plus all of my responsibilities, and every night I was short at least one man on the cleaning crew. I was mad. Jenny told me that at the time, uh, at night, I would grit my teeth so hard that it would wake her up in the middle of the night. She didn't need to tell me, Max, I think you're mad at somebody. I knew I was angry. I can remember a time when I was really angry with my father. He had lost his job while I was away at band camp before my freshman year of high school. And so the day I came home from band camp, he foisted this news on me. Hey, son, I've lost my job. By the way, in two weeks, we're moving to Las Vegas, Nevada from our home in Indiana. I was mad. I was mad at him because I thought he didn't take the time to find a job. I was mad at him for losing his job, and I was mad at him for dragging us all the way across the country to live in Las Vegas where I didn't know a soul. Now, here's the interesting thing. There were all kinds of things that I got to do in Las Vegas that I had never gotten to do before in my entire life. I got to explore mountains. I got to go hiking on mountain trails. I got to go shooting in the desert with guns that were so big that the first time I pulled the trigger, I was on the ground looking up at the sky. I got to do all kinds of things, but I didn't enjoy a single one of them. You want to know why? I was mad. I was mad at my father and I was mad at the whole situation. And because I was mad and because I I felt that he owed me something, Nothing that we did during those months that we lived in Las Vegas felt good. I didn't get joy out of any of those things. Relational conflict, anger, resentment, bitterness, they can do those things, can't they? Today, I want to remind you of what many of you already know, and that's this. Joy won't move in with 
unforgiveness. If you've got unforgiveness in the car with where you're going in life, joy ain't getting in the car. Joy won't come along if unforgiveness is already along for the ride. Joy and unforgiveness cannot coexist. That's because unforgiveness is a joy killer. Anger and resentment are joy killers and bitterness is a joy killer. So I got to ask you today, are you still mad at anybody in your life right now? Is there someone who's let you down, someone that's hurt you in such a way that you believe they still owe you? Every day that you hold on to that offense is a day without joy. Joy is one of the big themes of the book of Philippians, Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. In Philippians 4.4, Paul says this, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Paul believes that when you and I have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had, the attitude that's spelled out in Philippians chapter 2, that we will experience joy just like Jesus experienced. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he's seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Unfortunately, in the church of Philippi, there were two women who were not experiencing joy because these two women were mad at each other. They had had some kind of disagreement where each took offense at the other. And Paul talks about them specifically and calls them out in Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 through uh, verses 2 and 3. Paul says this, Now I appeal to you, Euodia and Syntech, these two women, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked alongside with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Euodia and Syntech were in the throes of a big disagreement, something that had ruptured their relationship. Since these two women aren't mentioned anywhere else in the Bible, it's impossible to know what this conflict was about. But can I tell you something? One thing hasn't changed in 2,000 years. What a conflict in the church affects the church. Just like a conflict in your family affects the family. Mom and dad are at odds. The kids are going to feel it and know about it. Brother and sister are not speaking to each other. Again, the whole family's going to feel it. A conflict in the church affects the entire church. I can only imagine that people in that church, in the church of Philippi, took sides. So that as conversations are happening, someone is saying to someone else, well, you know, it's Euodia's fault. If Euodia hadn't 
Oh, what do you mean? That's not what Syntec told me. Syntec told me Uodia is a snake. And on and on it goes. And people pick up these kinds of offenses. When I was an executive pastor, I managed the staff of a medium-sized church. Conflict among the staff was inevitable. Okay? The youth would get upset that they couldn't use the vans because they hadn't reserved them in time. And now the vans were being used by the women's ministry that was going somewhere. Uh, missions was upset that once again on a Sunday, nothing was mentioned about missions. There wasn't even a prayer. And, and if we said that missions was a priority, but it wasn't getting upfront time on a Sunday, how could we really mean that? And children's people would get upset every time somebody would plan an event, a retreat, a revival, anything, and say, oh, you know, we should have child care. Go ask the children's people if they could come up with some child care. Talk about getting mad. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) One conflict exploded like a nuclear weapon. And that conflict was between the small groups pastor and my senior pastor. The small group's pastor was hurt because he believed that the senior pastor had promised four things, that small groups would be a priority, that small groups would get time, that small groups would get the senior pastor's energy and focus, and that small groups would be promoted on Sunday mornings. The senior pastor delivered on zero of those four promises, and Jim, the small group's pastor, was hurt. At a church leadership meeting with the church's governing board present, Jim, the small group's pastor, unloaded for 15 full minutes about the senior pastor. Your senior pastor is a liar. Your senior pastor promised, but did. Your senior pastor is a hypocrite. And he was mad. He never brought the issue to the senior pastor And his unforgiveness affected the entire church. Gang, leaders influence others. And these two women leaders in the church of Philippi were influencing the church. Unforgiveness wasn't just going to rob them of joy. It threatened robbing the church of joy. That's why the Apostle Paul says this in another letter uh, that we now call Ephesians. Get rid of all bitterness, Paul says, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. For those of us who are Christians, there came a moment when we realized uh, that we blew it with God, and we knew that we needed God to forgive us. And you know what? God forgave us. And even though we didn't deserve it, God forgave us anyway. We've got to forgive others. It's in our own interest to do so because unforgiveness won't move in with joy. Joy won't move in with unforgiveness. Joy won't share a ride with unforgiveness. Joy won't go anywhere with unforgiveness. That's because unforgiveness will rob you of joy, period. Let me ask a couple of questions. The first is, how do you usually feel when conflict erupts? 
And then secondly, is there anyone in your life right now who owes you? So I want to give you some practical advice that I have taken over the years from Andy Stanley and Dallas Willard. And this this is advice I've shared before. But I've got something extra that this, this go around I want to add into the mix. The first thing is you've got to figure out who owes you and name them. My mom, my dad, my husband, my wife, Denise at work, my coach, name them. Not sure if you've got unforgiveness going on in your heart? Let me just ask a simple evaluative question. Do you have imaginary conversations or daydreams where you're splaining it to them or where they're having to apologize to you? That's a sign there's unforgiveness. Figure out who owes you. Secondly, determine what they took from you. You cannot forgive a debt that hasn't been defined. What did, it, uh, what did they take from me? And name it. An opportunity. A raise. Your childhood. Your innocence. A loving home. What was it? Name it. And then ask, why does this hurt so much? What about this leaves you feeling wounded? Is it that you feel isolated? Ignored? Betrayed? Why does this hurt so bad? And then lastly, cancel the debt. If there were multiple offenses over multiple years, you're going to have to come back to it. And you may not have the ability right now to make this decision to cancel the debt. That's okay. But if and when you're ready, sometimes what I'll do is I'll write it down on a piece of paper and then I'll send the paper through the shredder or I'll throw it away in the trash Because it's a practical, tangible way because I'm an embodied creature for me to to really let that release of that debt sink into me. Okay? Cancel the debt. Why is this so important? It is impossible to experience joy without forgiveness. Okay? Unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness, revenge are like vampires. They will suck the joy right out of your soul. Every day will be a bad day. Even your food will taste bad. And who's going to pay the most? You will. Instead, Paul says, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Gang, I love you. I miss you. Hopefully I will see you soon. And remember, forgiveness will not, uh, unforgiveness will not share a ride with joy and joy will not share a ride with unforgiveness.